2: It's the week of Friday, September 30th, 2016. I am Jesse Carey, your interim host of The Relevant Podcast. Casey Uh, Kasem,
0: here with your top 40,
2: coming at (laughs) you. Cameron Strang is out today, hence me hosting and doing my professional announcer voice that Eddie thinks is just (laughs) hilarious. Uh, Here with me today in the Orlando studios is Eddie Big Cat Cougholtz. Hi, Jesse. Uh, joining us on the Skype line from Portland, Oregon, Joy Egrets Reed. Come on down! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Exactly. <laughs> Dude, I'm just getting hyped, guys. I'm getting hyped. This is what <laughs> this is what real pros do. Also in the studio is our illustrious producer, Chandler Strang. Hello. And a special guest. This is a real treat. This is a real treat today, guys. A special guest also joining us on the Skype line <laughs> is Science Mike McCargoo. Good morning. Whoa. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> Drive oh, <my>. time bananas. <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I need like one of those little honker things. <laughs> I have a soundboard that has all my, my zoo morning crew stuff. It's mostly fart noises. <laughs> That's exactly what it it's is. clown horns and fart noises.
0: <laughs> That's all you need uh, make make in life, out. really. That was yeah. that was your high school band. Clown, noises, <laughs> we, clown horns and fart noises. When
2: I was doing broadcasting classes <laughs> in college, so one thing I learned is there's no such thing as dead air. If you have fart noises and clownboard, <laughs> <things. laughs>
0: But hold on. As a point of clarity,
2: did you ever actually take broadcasting classes? Uh, I actually, <laughs> l- l- let me let me uh, yeah, okay. uh, tell us who's sponsoring the show and I'll get to that because right. that's a that's an interesting yarn. You're going to want to hear me spin. <laughs> uh, our show today, <laughs> we're very happy to have Blue Apron is back sponsoring the show today. I don't know about you guys, but I do not like making meals. Like I'm a terrible in the kitchen. You guys know my thoughts about preheating. I don't believe in it. So I want something. <laughs> I want a, a meal solution that's going to provide me something with quality ingredients that's also easy and fun to make. In- Blue Apron. And I, I need uh, to hop in here
0: for a second because when you say quality ingredients, Jesse, I do get nervous about how you cook for yourself because it's basically <laughs> just half defrosted Hot Pockets from a long, <laughs> long time ago. And so Without the idea eating. that Blue and Apron... P- and
1: peach would, rings. Yes, yes. So <laughs> the idea
0: that Blue Apron would get some spinach in you is really, really good. Let, a, let me say <laughs>
2: this because, Eddie, you make a fair enough point that for me, the bar for quality, quote unquote, ingredients is very low. But right. Blue Apron, that bar is extremely high. They have established partners at 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranches across the United States because they know that not all ingredients are created equally. They're committed to fresh ingredients. They're also – all the seafood is sourced sustainably. The beef is raised humanely. They use regenerative farming practices. They also, Joy, you'll like this because you you brought a, a piece about food waste last time. They're committed to uh, eliminating or reducing food waste by shipping the exact amount of ingredients required for each recipe. Uh, for less than $10 a meal, Blue Apron deli- delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-proportioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Blue Apron knows that when you cook with incredible ingredients, you make incredible meals. Uh, it, but can I give you a couple of the things that are shipping this month if you order blue upping right now oh uh, i am pretty please hungry do, please so do.
0: i am pretty hungry right now so just be careful what you say because i may just have to leave there are a lot of these
2: that they're so good that i these are these are so high in meals i don't know how to pronounce a lot of these eggplant chickpea, tagine with islander pepper tomato and couscous Mm, I'm amazed you were able to do couscous Yeah, because you've never had that before, right? I think we
1: actually talked about it on another podcast. That's why he
2: knows. (laughs) (laughs) Spicy chicken fur chur fry with baby bok choy sesame ginger cucumber salad. These are incredible meals and for right now uh, you can get uh, this week you get three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash relevant. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. That's blueapron.com slash relevant. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. So be sure to support our sponsors. Check out Blue Apron. And uh, Eddie, real quick, your your question, did I take broadcast uh, lessons <laughs> in college? I feel like that ad read would answer your question. Yeah, friendum.
0: question answered. Watching you do an ad read and host the show is how I feel going to my daughter's gymnastics class and watching her finally figure out a cartwheel. Nobody's saying it's great, but gosh, if she's not trying so hard and I'm so proud of
2: her. Like I can... I can you know, at any moment, at any, any moment, you can be witnessing seen like a horrific like ankle blowout. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Are, you know, you know <laughs> when you're watching youth sports that anything can happen. I, but
0: I'm watching Joy listen to you and I can just see her like smiling and she yeah. just like gently puts her hand on her heart like God bless him. You know <laughs> what she's doing? God she's ordering him. Blue Apron. <laughs> she <the> is. <laughs> <Yeah. hours. laughs> Jesse, great job.
2: <laughs> now now, Mike, the last time we talked to you, it was a few weeks before your book, Finding God in the Waves released. and It has since come out. It's a huge hit. I read a, a, a piece that you wrote this week in, on the, in the Washington him, post. Wow. Yeah,
3: that's crazy, isn't it? <laughs>
2: Dude, you, you're everywhere right that's now, cool. man.
3: Somebody tweeted me a picture of the Houston Chronicle, which apparently I'm in today, which was uh, whoa, it's, it's insane.
2: <laughs> I think we all because we had I, I I've read the book. Uh, I know uh, uh, you know a lot of people who uh, listen to the podcast are familiar with your writings and your work, but. You know, for, for a lot of people that made this be the first introduction to your story, are you getting a lot of uh, positive feedback about people who've been touched by the story itself? Dude, I've been overwhelmed because I kind of expected a little bit of
3: controversy, even though I worked to, to tell my story very graciously and present my opinions with humility. Uh, both me and the publisher expected some pushback from both skeptics and from conservative Christians. And... The feedback from kind of more progressive Christians, conservative Christians, and atheist agnostics have all been really encouraging. My favorite review on Amazon is a five-star review from an atheist who says, I did not want to like this book, wow, Mm -hmm. Um, but it ended up being moving to me and helped me understand what Christians are talking about when they say they believe in God, that that doesn't necessarily mean they're foolish or defective people, it's just Mm -hmm. a different, for a different lens for viewing the world. So I have been beyond any wildest dream I had the way the book has been received by people and the way people have told me that it started a path of, of healing or insight for them. Um, that, you know, I've been doing podcasts for a while, but there's something special about books. There's a, an intimacy involved with 288 pages of, of dialogue with someone. Mm. And, uh, It's it's really been, can I use the word blessing? It's been a blessing in my life, the way people have encountered that
2: work. That's awesome, man! And and I'm glad to hear that it's been received well from both sides because I know uh, all all of us on here have at various points published not uh, you know something to the level of your book, but have published various things for Christian audiences. And there's a lot of times where I feel like uh, you know Christians are particularly there are some groups of Christians who are a little bit more sensitive and prone to making things controversial. But even though you're saying some ideas that Maybe new, and you know that some Christians may find controversial. You feel like even from that side, it, the the response has been pretty positive. Oh, I've gotten
3: tons of emails, comments, ratings from people who say I I, I deeply disagree with most of Mike's theology, <laughs> but his love for people <laughs> and Jesus is obvious. Yeah, and I appreciate the fact that he presents things as his opinion and not as facts that people should accept without scrutiny or skepticism. Because my my book is meant to be a conversation starter, not a treatise, Mm. and people are actually receiving that way. I mean, I, I got an email from a Pentecostal minister in Kansas who said that he was quoting the book from the pulpit, not because he agreed with my theology, but he wanted to inspire his congregation with what it looked like to love people well. And I, I was about wow. to go on stage for a conference and I, I had to wait a minute because I, my, I was just, I was crying hmm. because I was so moved by by the fact that this guy who comes from such a different view of God than I do saw in me a common love for Christ and for the Christian tradition. And that is, that is what I wanted to do with this book is help us understand the ways that our shared love for Christ should bring us together and not separate us.
2: Well, well, Mike, we appreciate you you, you joining us uh, on the show today. We got we got a really fun one. Hot, hot show. We got, we got a real hot show. Uh, uh, Derek Minor, the hip-hop artist, is going to be on the show. He's got a new album coming out. He just released a new EP. We have an incredible conversation uh, with him about his album and some of the, the stuff going on in America that needs to be addressed. We are also uh, what will probably be the lowlight of the show, a game that I wrote that I'm very excited about that I pray. <laughs> With, I, I, I gave before the show, before you guys got on today, I read Eddie a couple of these trivia questions that we're going to be playing with later. And Eddie, if you had described this game in one sentence, what would you say? that what What is the audience and Mike and Joy in for today?
0: Uh, I guess I'll just need one word. Lunacy yeah. is just fine. <laughs> Good.
4: <laughs>
0: Good. You, you I, can't can't wait. I was wheezing before the show when you were, <laughs> when you were reading, and I was like trying to fin- like finish up an email and get like a little Slack message into my IJM team, and I just kind of kept wheezing because it was so <laughs> fun. Oh, yeah. Can't
2: so, so, so we, we got a lot of uh, fun stuff coming off, but first it's our look back at what happened in the worlds of entertainment and, and culture. It's time for In
0: Case You Missed It.
2: In Case You Missed It. It is officially official. Uh, a new season of Arrested Development is going to start filming in January. So what happened oh. was uh, earlier uh, last week, Jeffrey Tambor, uh, who plays George Bluth Sr., was a guest on the Today Show. And I think he was promoting uh, maybe Transparent or one yeah. of his other projects. But Al Roker actually you know, kind of just squeezed the question in there before he, he left to address any of the rumors that Arrested Development is coming back because for a while like Mitch Hurwitz said he wanted to do it at one point he said they wanted to have a new uh season before the election in November obviously that's not going to happen but it's kind of been a lot of start and stops to see if we're going to get season five of Arrested Development uh before uh he left the Today Show Tambora said that he his quote my marching orders are to go to work in January and that's when they're going to start filming season five of Arrested Development are you guys still in? Are you still going to watch? Because I didn't even finish watching season four because I felt like it was so bad. Yeah, I didn't. Either. Yeah, I didn't either. Oh, well, Pop-pop gets season five. I can't wait. It's right, so you're, you're going to give it a new shot, even though season oh. four kind of missed the mark?
0: Oh, I still loved season four. It wasn't as good, but I still just love visiting my old friends. And I knew <laughs> they were all weirdly edited, but it was still nice. Joy, yeah.
2: what about you? You didn't finish watching. Are you, are you no, back I in? No, I didn't.
1: And I love Kristen Wiig. I felt like the clips I saw of her, she was killing it. But I still, I don't know. Yeah, it didn't draw me in the way the other seasons did. So it would be interesting to see if they like shift it and do it completely different, or it's just that it kind of lost its... Luster,
0: Mike. You've been kind of quiet. Do you watch Arrested Development? Uh, no. <gasps>
2: what, Mike? I, I was Mike, ashamed. I didn't too want busy to writing myself. Okay. Mike, uh, listen. It was great having no, you on in today, my defense, man. I don't uh, really watch. <laughs> <laughs> television. No, i So, so you never watch any of Arrested Development?
3: I've never seen a single episode. The title sequence. The only thing I've seen from Arrested Development are. Uh, parts of the show that have been turned into gifts on the internet, Mike.
0: Ironically, this is the first thing you've said that's actually offensive to me. <laughs>
2: I mean, you know, what I said about running <laughs> for president, know. we're taking that back. This is yeah. this is a scandal here. If people found out Mike. that you didn't like the, the uh, pop culture's ultimate take cow, rest of development. But
1: but, but yeah, but, Mike, you need to say that again, and you need to season it with salt.
0: Yeah, all right? <laughs> you've got to figure out a different way. I don't care that you don't watch TV, but this is like you don't get to not listen to Sgt. Pepper's a few times in your life. L- like let me you,
2: ask. This, mike is the reason you didn't watch it just at like you didn't get around to it or it, it is it out of principle
3: so i only watch one television series at a time okay and, and, I, and until the series is complete i don't start another one which means i don't There's just there's very little opportunity for me to get into a new series and um I, I understand people I love and respect talk about this as an amazing work of art. And I, at some point <laughs> I'd like to experience it. There just haven't been enough hours in the day so far. So what are you watching right in. now? Yeah. What's the show right now? That's occupying oh, house of cards. That's
2: that, that fun. House of cards. Do you, do you watch like, do you mean like when the season is concluded or the entire show is concluded?
3: I'll start another series. Once the series finale of house of cards comes on. What?
2: Wow.
1: Oh, wow. That's
3: awesome. You're so, One episode right? a week. Not even that. No, I t- I tend to like watch when House of Cards a new season comes out. I watch it in three or four days. Yeah, and then I don't watch any more series until the next season of House of Cards comes out. That's
0: what I thought you were saying. <sighs> so you'll Ow. finish all of House of Cards. You will close out the show. Then you will decide to pick up a
3: new franchise. Correct. Now there is an override. If my wife really wants me to watch something with her, then I'll do that. Um, and so the last one she like got me to watch was Stranger Things. Mm. Um, but I I, you know I just the TV like I, I, I appreciate the artistry of it it just takes a lot of time and in terms of like information received per unit of time (laughs) <laughs> it's just not terribly efficient. <laughs> oh, Do you have a Neil deGrasse Tyson override, <laughs> yeah.
2: though? And no, one, no one's going to argue with that, but I will say it's Arrested Development. The great thing about it is like it's the early ones were traditional sitcom format where they're like 22 minutes and they're pretty quick pace. So even though they're 22 minutes, I would say those early episodes feel like they're like 10 or 15, but you're still not getting any very useful
3: information. Yeah. I'll give you that. It's still a big block of time. I mean, yeah. the thing is for me right now, if I have a few minutes at home, I want to, like, talk to my daughters. <laughs> so it's really hard for me to work TV. Yet. Priorities. I, I tell get, my I mean, family, I'm
2: watching TV right now. We'll yeah. catch up later. Pop-up needs a, <laughs> a, yeah, Pop-up needs a half hour. I'll be Put right back. Put to bed. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I toss him the phone and I say, look, I think there's a new series on this. Will put you to bed. Go just yeah. watch it to you. It.
4: <laughs> Go watch See, it what, Daniel <laughs> <laughs> Tiger.
2: I'm out of here.
1: What what I'm still stuck on is the fact of like your you, the amount of information input because I'm like, man, I must be a really slow reader because I think TV just gives me a lot more information than reading does.
3: Why? Like a lot. <laughs> it also may cater better to your learning style, and that, that there could be that at play as well. Really, Mike? Yeah, if you're a heavy visual or auditory learner then I could see television giving you higher comprehension and retention than uh, the written word. You know, I do really well with visual information, especially the printed word. So Mm. that's really... uh, efficient for me but that doesn't mean that's a universally better way to learn or experience things that's just particular to the way i learn i still think you
0: need to watch the rest of development though <laughs> what if I well, it's I'm, on
2: my list you know yeah, what we should do is we simple. should just
1: give you the transcript of the dialogue
2: <laughs> yeah yeah N- you know yeah, what give well, you the screenplays and you can tell us what you think i don't know how well it'll translate but i think it would be a good entry point <laughs> i entry. bet neil degrasse tyson's watched it <laughs> well, uh, oh. burn, science burn i don't even know if that is rude <laughs> sorry that was actually rude <laughs> in case you missed it our good friend justin bieber I, did you guys see i don't know if you saw this no. video yeah he's he he on the his purpose tour which is his global world tour supporting his new uh uh his new fire album that's out just it's just banger after banger on that thing barpets guys <laughs> check it out uh, he played on the purpose tour he played uh I could sing of your love forever for the crowd in paris so uh, right in the middle of the set he busted out an acoustic guitar and uh played the the worship song that you know has been around for forever uh Chandler i think we have a clip of that and
0: to bury the lead on this, but he is wearing a pair of sweatpants in that video with his own tour name on it. Dude, those those sweatpants are a high dollar item right now, man. But that's like that's like Mike wearing a T shirt to his own speaking
2: engagement that says "Finding God in the Waves." Dude, those are those are Jerry Lorenzo designed threads,
1: man. Eddie, Eddie, or her, no, not Eddie. Jesse, are you wearing a pair of those sweatpants right now? Is that old I'm at? hosting
2: the podcast, aren't I?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a problem with sweatpants. The problem is wearing your own brand. Like, I don't own a relevant shirt, even though there's boxes. I'm right behind us, but I feel like <laughs> if I'm walking around wearing a shirt that says like, hello, hello on it, people are just going to think like, oh, what a turkey.
1: Yeah, but when you're at the level, I think this is what Jesse was saying, when you're at the level of Bieber, like they've done the math and if he wears them, they sell. Yeah. So what you're saying more.
0: is
2: I'm not a big deal. Yeah. Well, well, I'm I'm not, I'm just saying you, I don't you think any and, of us are and Bieber and Beaver are a little far off in your in your cultural and fashion influence. And like I said those <laughs> those are Jerry Lorenzo designed th- sweats, man. He it, okay, forget that that the name of his tour is on his sweatpant leg, okay? I'm just glad he's making it acceptable to wear sweatpants in a setting like that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like I feel like sweatpants have have long been like the most shameful article of clothing <laughs> that you can wear. Yeah, like, like it basically like says
3: up embodied into fabric. Yeah.
2: <laughs> right. right. <laughs> you, you, when you wear sweatpants, you're saying two things. One is either I don't care. Two, I have the flu. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I'm walking to Walgreens right now to get sick medicine. That's why I'm out in public.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and oh, yes, wow. it's a meatball stain on the leg. And no, I don't care. <laughs> But like beaver is making it acceptable to wear them. I feel like, I feel like, you know, he's up there <laughs> singing worship song in uh, in sweats, Eddie. I feel like he gets more credit for that, man. I because got- now, now it's cool for you to wear sweats wherever and then the most comfortable item you could possibly wear. Well, I will, I will
0: note that. I also uh, really like that he was playing that. I think he was playing that in a pretty high key. Yeah, it was like a
2: few, few steps too high for him.
0: Yeah, yeah. And the, But I, you know, there are worship leaders that are like, actually, why don't you drop a capo two on that and start on sus. <laughs> Uh, I think that's gonna help you out just in terms of dropping that key down to a reasonable place it's it's not the actually the original recording but it's all right you got the Eddie,
2: Eddie let, let me ask you this real quick man because I know you I know you dabble on the old six strings and, and you, you're you're a world- class noodler there. yeah have you ever been in a scenario where you're leading worship for like, let's say a cell group and you got your ovation or whatever guitar you play (laughs) with the shell back and, and you bust out a couple tunes and early on, you don't know the difference between keys. You just know that that printout that the church gave you says G over the, the first chord and you start there, even though it's too high. Has that happened
0: to you? You just starts jams too high. The truth of it is, and I think that Mike can relate to this. I have a pretty high singing voice actually. (laughs) So, uh, uh, I rarely have a key too high, but so I'm really, I'm in my zone just soaring, you know, giving them 10,000 reasons for their heart to be broken by my beautiful chords. And, uh, they, most, most of the time they think a woman is singing. They do. They do. Is that Carrie Jove up there? Is that an angelic it's woman's like everybody voice Everybody
1: just keep here? your eyes closed. <laughs> keep them
0: closed. Don't, don't make eye contact.
3: <laughs> Mike, how low of a key can you sing in? You know, I'm more of a baritone, believe it or not. Hmm. Um, Oh, that's so I have this voice where I can't go super low, mm. but I also can't sing very high at all. Oh. So if you've got like a nice mellow croon, I'm your guy. <laughs> uh, but if, it, if you need like a, a rattling bass or anything high, I'm out. <laughs>
2: Just, I, I'm so glad I, this came up because I feel like back in old school, like evangelical cult- churches, right? Where they would do th- they maybe still do this in churches. I don't know. I haven't heard it in a long time. It seems like it's gone out of fashion, unfortunately. Um, but remember when they used to do, like, okay, the worship leader would be like, okay, the guys sing this part and the girls sing this part, right? Yeah. And yeah. whenever it would go like that, I feel like the guys would sing so much, so unnaturally lower than they normally would. <laughs> yes. so like, okay, all the guys guy saying more love more of you (laughs) like it would be like you're like looking at the guys in the row, just seeing who's going the lowest here like it makes you
0: think of promise keepers I don't know if you ever went went to any of those but promise kept it was like
2: (laughs) there's a giant crowd of Men singing too low with swords in hand. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's like the praise version of uh the two and a half men theme
1: song.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: men, 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 <laughs> men, 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 God, 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 godly, 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 godly men. Hey, you're going
1: pretty low there. Well done.
3: Yeah, that was impressive.
2: It's, it's like a career. Range that's how I roll.
1: No, I feel like that's the. I feel like it happens more at church than singing along to the radio or anything else. I feel like it's like a trick, a nasty trick of worship songwriters is this thing where I every song, I feel like I start at a place that feels like, okay, I could go up, I could go down, and inevitably there's a key change or something and I have to, I literally, cause I love to sing loud. I'm not good, but I love to sing loud. But whenever I know that I'm going to all of a sudden have to drop down, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I just have to get really quiet. So the person next to me doesn't notice that I started just on the really wrong. Oh key. yeah.
0: You can feel that ledge coming here. <laughs> like, Oh boy, yeah, oh boy all right. do a cough real quick. Do a cough <laughs> just to kind of like work Ease over the it, point. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah. I'm just going to reach and down and grab
1: my cup of coffee real quick. Hold on.
3: <laughs> this is my problem with worship music. Oh. Give it to key me. changes. Oh gosh. <laughs> you don't hear key changes in pop with your music. I mean, I, I firmly believe key changes are like the work of Satan yes. in the church. <laughs> they are. No. And they're just the worship leaders don't even think about it. It's like, hold on, you don't understand this may be like the most immoral thing you're doing in your life. <laughs> like. A bunch of people in the zone oh, experiencing like. God And then you just pull the rug out from under them. You (laughs) just opened a can of worms, Mike, because you are so correct.
2: I disagree for the fact that you know what key changes are for? but key changes are for the people in the audience that haven't raised their hands yet. Like everyone else is really hands up. They're really entering into this thing. And there's a couple of stragglers. That's like, what's your problem, man? You're not feeling this thing. Key change it. And th- when it hits that high note, all the hands go. Okay. No, no,
0: no, we need to talk about this because there's a couple things I want to say. One, there was only one key change in all of music that was ever. Okay. And that was Michael Jackson, man in the mirror. Best key change, only (laughs) one that was ever allowed. After that, you don't get to do key changes anymore. The second part of worship music that drives me nuts is the repeating chorus. I was at a church last night, and they did the chorus 11 times. And there's somewhere around part eight where I'm like, I got it. I already said this. <laughs> I said this already. I know. I've, I've declared this. I have allowed God into whatever uh, you know, you're trying to get me to say. Oceans
2: fall. Let's I get it. Move on, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Key change it. Well, okay. The one other thing, and then we'll get on to this other item that I feel like is, is never really addressed in these worship scenarios, that it takes me out of it every time. Like, if I was going to go forward to get prayer for something, and this happens, I'm probably going to be too distracted to even do it, is when you have a pastor who has has like the wireless mic, right? Like the oh little yeah. flesh-colored oh, uh, yeah. Madonna mic. You guys know what I'm talking oh, about, I've right? Worn, a <laughs> worn many of them. And he doesn't realize that it's still, or he like clicked it on because he's about to go up or whatever. Yeah. And the worship song is singing. They're about to bring it home. This is the most important part. He's about to go on stage yeah. and ask for people that need like ministry. And then he's like, he flips it on, but he doesn't realize it's on. And he starts singing. And we say, and he's, yes, and he's Lord, a yes, Lord, yes, yes, And, and you know, all of a sudden you hear this weird voice coming over the worship band that isn't in key yeah. like to me that's the most distracting thing in the world
0: yes yes lord yes lord yes lord.
2: <laughs> okay i'm coming up
0: <laughs> he's pumping himself up all right let's do this you've got this you're number one bring it home. up there bring Get it, up there. it Get up home there. yeah Get that's up the there. Works.
2: yes lord <laughs> I think there needs to be some sort of like safety on those things, like on those wireless mics. Like, are you sure you want to click over here? Oh, Mike, the key
0: change in worship music is, I mean, there's, it's gotta, immoral. It's immoral, Mike.
2: You're well, dumb. speaking of, uh, I guess those wireless mics count as wireless tech uh, or wearable tech. In case you missed it, Hot Snapchat transition. this week. Yeah. It's the original wearable tech. Mega Church pastors <laughs> have been rocking it for years. <laughs> <laughs> you it this week? Snapchat is finally catching on to what the Mega Churches is doing. And they're getting into the wearable tech game. I don't know if you guys saw this, but they just released uh, uh, pictures and of what their new prototype of spectacles are going to be. They are the new Snapchat-branded glasses that have a camera uh, affixed right there uh, um, at the corner, right by the lens. And essentially, it lets you take 10-second Snapchat videos... Uh, with the help of glasses, whatever you're looking at. Um, it connects wirelessly to your phone, so you can upload it to Snapchat and do all the the fun things you like to do on Snapchat later. Um, but it lets you wear them all the time and click them on whenever you want. Now, they're going to re- release sometime this fall, and they're only going to cost like 130 bucks, which for sunglasses is not really that bad. But the thing is that these have already started uh, sparking uh, privacy concerns. It's the same thing like when it's the Google Glass came all over out. Again. That that people were concerned. Well, what happens when everyone's walking around with cameras on their glasses? Two questions. One, uh, and Mike, I know you're 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 a tech guy. Like you, you like new emerging technologies. One, would you wear glasses, whether it's this this Snapchat or they're now rebranded themselves Snap, the Snap spectacles, or any type of like Google Glass? And two, do you ha- do you guys have any privacy concerns with other people wearing them?
3: The privacy concerns would keep me from wearing them. I think unless uh-huh. there is some visual um, indication on the device when they're recording, then I have huge privacy concerns. Um, But, you know, there's a reason when Google Glass started to kind of catch ground in its prototype form that it started getting banned from establishments because people don't want to be recorded without their knowledge. Yeah. And I mean, I almost feel like Snapchat's like creating a brand here where it's like, don't worry, we can get creepier. <laughs> uh, because it was already kind of a, a It was already founded on the
2: creepiest premise possible. I like Snapchat now like it's a lot of fun to goof around with, but admittedly, it's it was the creepiest initial app ever.
3: Yes. So yeah. to me it's very creepy. I've noticed like I'm on Snapchat a lot without knowing it because people use Snapchat seem to be most comfortable sort of like uh, photographing or videoing you without your knowledge and then posting it. So it's kind of a cultural norm of the service. Yeah. So, uh, a pair of sunglasses that make that make it easier to surreptitiously record and post the actions of, of other people as a, as a privacy advocate is, is deeply concerning as a technology person. This is not like an amazing piece of kit, right? Like we already know how to make small cameras. Um, so, and we already know how to you know beam video wirelessly. So I don't see a lot of innovation here other than innovation and creepiness.
2: <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And and, and the, the flower on my on in the pocket that I wear in most dress shirts, yeah. <laughs> not only squirts water, but it's also filming people at all times without their
3: knowledge. I feel like that's okay. If you if the device also squirts water in a comical manner.
2: Right. <laughs> yes. I mean, to, to be fair, look, disappear. listen, the main reason I have the camera there <laughs> is to film the reactions when I squirt them with water. <laughs> hey, smell this fresh rose. I just trimmed it I <laughs> Gotcha. Can I upload that? Well well finally, in case you missed it, uh uh, this week, a six-year-old's letter to the president about Syrian refugees went viral. Uh, the White House released a video showing a young boy named Alex, who lives in uh, Scarsdale, New York, who recently wrote a president uh, wrote a letter to President Obama uh, because he was concerned about a, an image that he saw of a Syrian refugee boy uh, on the Internet, and he actually wanted to adopt him. The letter so moved the president that he read the letter to the United Nations Summit on Refugees last week. Uh, Chandler, let's uh, take us out of it in case you missed it with, with a clip from that.
5: Dear President Obama, remember the boy who was picked up by the ambulance in Syria? Can you please go get him and bring him to our home? Park in the driveway or on the street and we'll be waiting for you guys with flags, flowers and blooms. We will give him a family and he will be our brother. Kevin, my little sister, will be collecting butterflies and fireflies for him. In my school I have a friend from Syria, Omar. And I will introduce him to Omar, and we can all play together. We can invite him to birthday parties, and he will teach us another language. Since he won't bring toys and doesn't have toys, Catherine will share her big blue stripy white bunny, and I will share my bike, and I will teach him how to ride it.
6: I
4: will,
5: teach I will teach
6: him addition and subtraction those are the words of a six-year-old boy He teaches us a lot the, the humanity that a young child can display Who hasn't learned to be cynical or suspicious or fearful of other people? Because of where they're from or how they look or how they pray We can all learn from Alex. Alex, six years old.
2: Oh, my gosh. I know. That is the best video on the Internet this week. If you want to share that with your friends, it's on relevantmagazine.com. It's also on the White House's Facebook page. So that will do it this week for in case you miss it. Next up, (laughs) slices. listening to paper out the song is writing on the wall at the beginning of the podcast you heard the band half noise with this with the with the real banger <laughs> oh the feeling that's what the kids are saying eddie i, I hear you giggling i love half it noise. he wore half noise sweatpants when he wrote that too, so. i saw the video all right eddie why don't you why don't you kick us off with uh, slices man I feel like I can get this
0: entire slice out just by reading the headline, but I will give some details. But essentially knowing that mostly the joy was going to be on the show today, but also Science <laughs> Mike, um, I wanted to bring out the slice. China opens the world's biggest telescope. Okay. Um, I was <laughs> thought, I thought pause, pause for <laughs> oh, pause for reaction continue? and continue. Uh, so the world's <laughs> biggest telescope is now scanning the skies in southwest China. Well, it's in Southwest China scanning the skies, not of, we understand. It's called the (laughs) 500 Meter Aperture Spherical Telescope or FAST, which I will not call it because I don't love acronyms really. Um, But it takes, it was the biggest. uh, There was one. Do you
2: think they reverse engineered that? They're like, hey, listen, we got to call this this a giant telescope. I mean, it's kind of cool, I guess. But let's call it FAST. We just need to come up with it. Do you think that was a reverse engineered (laughs) uh, That's almost certain. (laughs) Do you think that the whole idea of building the world's telescope? Fastest telescope because like the president of China was like, dude, I got an idea. A telescope called Fast. Figure out why we're doing this. It's got to be 500
3: meters exactly. It's because of the (laughs) physics, but because of the marketing acronym, Uh, right? (laughs)
2: right. Because figure out scientists.
0: We already bought Fast Telescope, which was really redundant, but we still needed to own it. Like I'm just, we've already done this, so now go build a telescope.
2: Listen, the president already went on GoDaddy last night and bought Fast Telescope. (laughs) Yeah. So we have our marching orders. Just figure (laughs) it out. Five years later, the slice continue
0: Um, This takes the place of the telescope that is still in Puerto Rico, which was a mere 300 meters, which I mean, (laughs) I mean,
2: did they call that slow
0: down? Right, guys? (laughs) Gosh, (laughs) this uh, 4,500, actually, it's 4,450 panel telescope will detect radio waves emitted from distant galaxies as well as possible extraterrestrial life. um, And the discoveries have already begun. It detected a pulsar from over 1,351 light years away. You know, it was crazy to me. Besides all of that, uh, it cost $180 million, which for some reason doesn't seem like what it would cost. I feel like it would cost a lot more. I was expecting well into like the $500 million, but... Yeah,
2: well, we- okay, real quick, before like I, I don't I haven't done the math on it but yeah. when I was a kid I really wanted like a telescope from like my room or yeah. whatever Yeah, you know and like you go online you, you would get you in your Sears catalog or whatever you make your Christmas list when you're a kid and this thing's like 500 bucks so you're telling me one that I could put in my bedroom is 500 but they made the world's <laughs> largest for 180 million the math didn't add up here anyway. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm saying so you're not telling me this is just like a couple of thousand of those taped together like this is something all new
3: a couple of interesting Radio telescope, so that's the big difference. The, oh, the focusing so aperture re- one really long isn't, one. <laughs> isn't machined optical glass, but instead something that's reflective in the radio spectrum, oh. uh, which is much easier to engineer at scale. Okay, I, I, Mike. I was
1: actually going to say exactly what Mike just said. I, so. I'd
0: like to, I'd like to, right, right. This is why I brought this site <laughs> for I you. Be, Joy. Can
2: I be honest? It doesn't sound as fun because I can't like look in my buddy's house uh, at night and send <laughs> <laughs> flight signals. Okay, so. listen, let me That's give a, true. let me give a few
0: points, both pros and cons to this thing. And then I have some questions. Uh, the first is uh, it's going to take four years to calibrate this thing, wow. which, which I don't understand. Um, the second thing is it displaced 9,000 people, which, seems like a pretty rough time for those 9,000 people. Yeah, they displaced an estimated 9,000 villagers in order to build this huge thing because it's not just a telescope. They're trying to make the telescope pay for itself because they've opened up a whole visitor center and viewing complex that you can go and look at the telescope because I was like, oh, I've got to see this thing in my lifetime until I realized I can't imagine the 9,000 people were just, you know, gently re, uh, re, you know, relocated. Maybe they were. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it'll be used by SETI, the SETI Institute, which is the um, which is the organization that looks for extraterrestrial life. And uh, it's basically just going to find us the aliens we've been looking for. Mike, my first question: You already started to talk about it, but what is a radio telescope, and what what is it? What does that data come in as, and how do I how do I input that in my head?
1: Mike, I'll let you take this question. Okay.
3: <laughs> I'll try if I miss anything joy you just you just let me know what I'm here for for you (laughs) so we've got to remember that we think of light as visible light which obviously is what our eyes see so we're very familiar with it we have our own basically optical telescopes (laughs) in our skulls right now right so we're really familiar with a really narrow band of light in a particular frequency range Mm. but light exists in spectrum above and below the light that we see and the wavelength of light affects its properties especially in terms of what generates that light and what that light can pass through so for example when you sit in your car with the windows up in visible light your car windows are transparent and the doors are opaque but in ultraviolet light both the doors and the windows are opaque. So if you're wearing a pair of ultraviolet goggles, you wouldn't be able to see through car windows. Mm. On the other hand, radio waves pass readily through both glass and your car doors. Mm. There's still light, but because different physical materials interact differently with different wavelengths of light using telescopes across the entire electromagnetic spectrum, let us see more of the cosmos because sub things based on their distance or physical proximity don't deliver very much visible light to us but they may deliver a great deal of x-ray or gamma radiation or in the case of this telescope radio waves mm. so you're sampling the same thing you're sampling photons just at a lower wavelength but that's no big deal you're you're still collecting them via what a telescope It still can be transformed into an image by shifting uh, the wavelength using math. And so Mm. you shift a very low frequency radio wave into red light and high frequency into blue light. And now you can create false color images from a radio telescope. Mm. Um, So it doesn't mean that we can't get images from it, but the images aren't of typically as much value as the underlying data as Eddie alluded to. So seeing what amount of what wavelengths of radio waves are in different parts of the sky tell us a lot about what we're observing. Uh, and, and the great thing about the aperture, the tremendous aperture of this dish is we can see, for example, planets that are farther away or darker than we could see in visible light. And also because of the, the very long wavelength of radio waves, this could help us in our search for gravity waves, especially when we're looking at emissions from pulsars. So there's tremendous opportunities for understanding space better and therefore from that observational evidence to give us better models of physics to know how the universe operates.
0: Right, because this isn't just for fun. I mean, aliens is always what makes its way into these <laughs> stories, but this is not really what it's for. Like, it'd be interesting if we heard somebody going like, hello, mm. hello, anyone out there? But like, that's not really what this is built for. But this also is not-
2: you're telling me like it's not visual. So you couldn't do like what me and my buddy did with his sweet telescope, which was to have contests who could scare, stare directly at the sun for the longest <laughs> record. <holder. laughs> in three minutes, three seconds
3: solid still uh, blind. high noon
0: can't see a thing
2: so the, the, in the, it. the safety person
3: in me has to say right now under no circumstances <laughs> yeah should anyone point a telescope at the sun okay you would have instant eye damage yeah yeah and even if you didn't point, <laughs> even if you didn't look in the telescope, the sun would destroy your telescope because you're he, focusing he, so much Let me add radiation. one
2: caveat to that, Mike. Unless your buddy dares you. You want to show them how cool you we are. We do impress like 12-year-olds you to impress. You're to new show. in the neighborhood and you want to impress them. <laughs> I can just
3: imagine right now. Like, it's like, if, you know, you would do less damage to your eye with a pretty powerful laser. Than a decent well, sized d- telescope aimed at hey, this. Hey, that doesn't
2: scare me because I've shot plenty. I've looked directly into plenty of lasers and <laughs>
0: not worried about it. Right. Jesse has eyes that look like my, like, Basset Hound Bo's eyes.
2: They're just like old, weird, old cataracty eyes. <laughs> yeah, instant cataracts. All right, all right uh, Joy, what do you got for us?
1: Oh man! All right. Well, oh. based on what we just learned from Science Mike, I gotta say, uh, you know, if people, if expectations time, were I mean, key I'll changes, one time
2: I put a laser into a microscope, and it was sweet. <laughs> 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 All I saw was red for two days. It's just, oh I don't know what that, I don't know what the results of the experiment were, but I know I saw a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I, I felt like I could taste the laser. It was weird. Jordan, what do you got? There. All
1: right, thanks. Okay, well, based on what we just learned, uh, I just want everyone you know if they have expectations for this, if expectations were key changes, I want you to drop them by a lot. Uh, this is not going to blow your mind with what, like what science Mike just taught us. Um, however, actually, I need to give a little background for you, Mike. Um, One of the reoccurring things that we talk about on this podcast is how my husband, Matt, has the soul of a 90-year-old man, (laughs) and um, he's very leery of technology. Um, You might even picture him in an office with stacks of papers, you know, uh, conspiracy theory type guy. (laughs) Um, He's not that bad, but that's where we go. Uh, But anyways, he has a Yahoo account, which I, when I found out when we were dating, was almost a deal breaker for me. Um, but we were talking about that last <laughs> yeah, week. Yeah.
2: Did you ask him what scam he's involved in? <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Him, his hotmail, and his Yahoo are sending out things about like inheritances for like Nigerian princes, right? Exactly, That's him. Exactly. He's the guy behind us. If so, I'm waiting to give the return on that, by the way. I did a very kind thing giving him my credit card and social security number. Never heard anything back. So. <laughs>
1: Um, all right. So have any of you guys, you've probably already heard about this. This is about a week old that I wanted to share it because of what we were talking about. Um, have any of you guys been hacked or identity theft or even just like have a strong fear like my husband that it's going to happen?
3: I'm totally paranoid about it. You so are that's why? That's why I have unique passwords with maximum entropy allowed for that service for every single website and service I'm a part of. And not only that, the questions to the security uh questions aren't the actual answers but strings of random letters and numbers which i keep in an encrypted vault with a diceware password uh with tremendous entropy so i think even with an nsa supercomputer it would take some hundreds of years to crack my identity uh two guesses if you guess my password two
0: uh, okay try it
3: I'll give you a hint. you want me to go statistically
0: likely? No, I'll give you a hint. It's just my name. Just type in my (laughs) name directly with a one after it or a two after it. Almost Uh. impossible to crack.
1: So listen, on that, Eddie, you are on the O's uh, is a zero, by the way. (laughs) No, literally, do you guys know? Well, Science Mike, I know you know, so I'm going to ask the other guys. Do you know what the three most popular passwords are?
0: Uh, God, password, and uh, Hillsong. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Jesse, do you have any guess?
2: Uh Usually, I mean, I'm looking at a sticky note in front of me right now that says password one, two, three, one, two, three, password. <laughs> so I'm guessing it's one of those. The, my, my, my version of an encrypted file, by the way, is that sticky note that Mike has. I'm trying to remember that movie <laughs> The Net
0: a couple of years, a couple of years ago, a 25 years, years ago. ago. It was Wasn't like it like
1: password? It was 20 years ago. Uh,
3: yeah. Okay. What are the top three passwords?
1: Well, I'm I, science Mike. Would you like to guess?
3: Uh, I'm gonna guess and by guess I mean be very certain that the most common is password, yeah. that the second most common is one, two, three, four, five, six, and the third most common is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight.
4: Well, wow. okay, well there, i you are surprised to hear,
2: hear you say belieber eighty seven because I'm saying <laughs> <it> now, <laughs> yeah. you are Sorry, correct Hacker.
1: on the first two. However, the third, according to uh, this source, but I would probably trust you more. Um <laughs> the third one is QWERTY, which I hadn't heard of, but it's Q W E R T Y, which is the top uh five we, we all or know Joy six, six. everybody oh, okay. everyone knows.
0: Just, by I the didn't way. know that I, I know no, it's okay
1: that was, it's all right, all right. Yeah. well so my slice is most interesting to me but anyways <laughs> we make fun of we make fun of my husband however um, it came out last week that uh, Yahoo confirmed that at least 500 million user accounts uh, were stolen in 2014 that someone hacked in and got they didn't get bank account information but they did get people's um, you know address and different oh. things like that. My question, well, and I'd just like to say that my husband was not one of those people because he follows a very systematic thing, kind of like Science Mike. He changes his password every six months, and he, I asked him what he does. He has like a category of words that he picks from, then he changes certain uh, letters into numbers, and then he always adds numbers and some type of character at the end. So if you want to learn, well, now he's going to uh, get hacked. Yeah. What? Yeah, password. No, you won't know the categories, and he changes it all the time. So he, I think that's a pretty standard. I mean, I feel like Mike just told us what he does, and it's and it works. But, anyways, um, my question though, and maybe you guys will know, how come? <laughs> If this happened in 2014 and it affected 500 million users, how come we didn't know until 2016? Yeah, I think
2: that's the question like the Federal Trade Commission (laughs) is going to be asking Yahoo pretty soon. (laughs) Yeah, People don't
3: always know when they're hacked until the data goes online because when hacks are done well, they're done slowly and they're done without raising any suspicion that someone's inside the system. Yeah, Mike. Gotcha. Um, So a a lot of times it's not... um, a conspiracy, it's negligence or ignorance. Uh, We're at a state right now where it is much easier to hack systems than to build them. So I don't trust any company, any government entity to keep my information secure. I surrender as little as possible and make sure that there is minimal cross-linkage between points of my digital identity as possible so that people can't escalate access from one service into access to another unrelated service. Oh, wow! wow. You,
1: you are seriously
2: Matt's kindred spirit. Wow, Joy, good Joy, job. Joy. Real quick. Can can I tell you why I'm not worried about this hack? Because you don't use Yahoo. Well, because <laughs> what's the worst they're gonna do? Change my fantasy basketball lineup from 2009, the last time I logged into Yahoo and I write who uses yeah. it, guys. You know why oh, they don't the lead know. there? <laughs> buried the lead. Five hundred million people have Yahoo accounts. Right.
0: They didn't find out because they sent an email immediately to one of the Yahoo users saying, Hey, we've hacked all the accounts. They haven't checked it for twenty two years. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the,
2: the reason no one, the reason they just found out now is because they yeah, they notified users in 2014, but no one's logged on to a Yahoo account yeah. since then. Yeah, I
0: haven't checked my <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's
3: some good burn. Yeah.
0: I really got to change. Mike, can I ask you a very practical question? Like you bet. if you have all of these crazy intense passwords, how do you like when you got to log into your, how do you remember that uh, into your whatever account that you haven't logged into in a couple months, but every once in a while you need to, how do you at all recall or get that information
3: in a way that's secure? Because that's my I use an app called one password. Uh, whose encryption methodology is published on their website and evaluated by security researchers. Huh. So that not only generates passwords for me, it lets me know what services I have passwords to, huh. notifies me when services have been hacked, and lets me know I need to change passwords for those services. And uh, I only have to remember one good secure password to protect my entire identity. Um, so the, the base thing you could do is just go to onepassword.com and sign up. Uh, I think it's a phenomenal service. Uh, But I would also say things people can do is not just store their passwords in there, but change your security questions from like, if the question is, what was your first car? The answer is a string of 32 letters and numbers that was generated (laughs) by a computer, not Uh, the actual answer. uh, And the other thing you can do is when you do a recovery email address, instead of just offering your email address, I actually create a new email address for every service. Uh, But if you don't want to be that, Uh, paranoid and resource intensive with Gmail, you can add a plus sign to an email address Mm. and make a unique email address per service. So if someone types your email address and tries to recover it, they don't get an email to recover the service unless they also know what you had after the plus sign. And it makes it much more difficult for people to get access to your bank account, Venmo, other services that can incur real financial harm. So you're
2: telling me that my security question should not be, what is your first car? I shouldn't put sweet Mustang for everyone. You're telling me that's a bad idea? Sweet sweet Mustang is
3: actually pretty, uh, as security questions go, other than saying it on the relevant podcast, adding that descriptor, makes it less likely that someone can discern that information from a public record search.
2: But the thing is, I have, I had a sweet Mustang and I like to post pictures of me driving at 16 (laughs) to Facebook. So people would see immediately his first car was clearly a sweet Mustang. It's my profile picture on all my social platforms. Hey Jess,
0: before we move on from this, can I ask Joy like two follow-up questions? Yeah. Okay. Joy, what was your grandmother's
3: maiden
2: name? (laughs) (laughs) Mike, Mike brought a slice for us today. Mike, what do you got, man?
3: I did bring a slice. Believe it or not, my slice is about Brangelina. Oh, so wow. I bring the telescope slice and you bring the
0: Brangelina slice. <laughs> Although
3: I did bring my piece uh, from a little bit of a different context because it has to do with evolutionary biology and human psychology and why we're obsessed with this couple's relationship that none of us know anything about, by the way, or have any standing to make moral decisions about how they should feel toward each other, or who's right. And yet our popular culture is obsessed with them. And uh, effectively, these scientists at Duke University uh, did an experiment where they had four monkeys sit at a computer and look at other monkeys from their monkey troop. And when they saw a picture, <laughs> they got a certain amount of cherry juice. Now, monkeys love cherry juice. I mean, I guess it's kind of like well, their brand. A, but, I, I'm aware. Yeah, you know, <laughs> oh, we know. We know. <laughs> Go so, on. If they would get more juice for looking at pictures of lower status monkeys and less juice for pictures of alpha monkeys. And uh-huh. yet the monkeys always chose to look at pictures of the alpha monkeys. Hmm. So it seems some of our nearest genetic relatives are obsessed with social standing and power. And when you give them some ability to use an internet-like device, they also choose to look at the powerful among them. So the whole premise here is that uh, our brains developed or, or were designed by God in a context where human societies were about 200 people and there was no such thing as media. And since humans don't survive very well on their own, we're obsessed with having good standing with people who are powerful and trying to figure out how they tick so we can emulate them and gain status ourselves. And that's led to a modern phenomenon in the age of media where there's something called parasocial interaction. Where people who are celebrities or public figures send out the kind of social cues and signals that dominant members of a local society would have, only we don't actually know them in person. Uh, And that degree of distance only further uh, intoxicates our brain with a fascination. So our brains treat celebrities as if they are real people we know who are the most successful members of our troop or tribe so far be it from being uh, completely inexplicable it turns out gossiping about celebrities has its roots in the very formation of human society
2: it's really interesting because uh, you know as part of my job with relevant is to I monitor analytics like all day and and review analytics for editorial purposes to kind of see what content is connecting with readers on a day-to-day basis and Literally, it's not even close. The most popular stuff we do has to do, and we're a lot of should emphasize, we're not like a gossip. We we don't do like tabloid type of stories, but we we are a culture magazine, so we cover. Uh, uh, you know, culture and along with the artists who create it. Uh, but anything we do with a celebrity, like, for example, that uh, clip we played at the beginning of the podcast, uh, you know, that was almost one of the trending stories globally on Facebook from our website today because it had wow. to do, it wasn't just anybody playing, I could sing if you love forever. It was Justin Bieber playing and people were interested in it.
3: Oh. Are you saying if it was a duet between me and Eddie, it would have less views?
2: <laughs> it depends on if you're doing the low yeah. the yeah. man voice How and Eddie's doing, his, doing? His, his, his high female. I think I I think that would get comparable to Justin Bieber. The mountains and the Let's, there's only one way to find out. I'm going to uh, get my flower camera set up on you guys after this. And then you guys look in real close. Don't worry, I won't squirt you. No I won't squirt you. You just start singing. Wear those man. sweatpants. Yeah, yeah, make we'll sure get the whole thing
0: depends. on camera. Well, uh, uh, man, that, that was interesting. Yeah,
2: that was that super was really interesting. Sorry, I
0: didn't have a lot of follow-up. I'm just like, I'll have questions in an hour as I process yeah. all of this. I mean, mostly it's about, a lot of it's about cherry juice and who's ever had yeah. cherry juice and why <laughs> <laughs> do they like it? I, I'm really interested <laughs> to get my hands on cherry juice. But my problem is I focus on minor points and then I end up missing all of, all the good content, but cherry juice. Well, that,
2: that was a lot of fun and I have no transitionality. <laughs> <laughs> How could you? <laughs> just go to yeah, the next that, thing. That'll do it for slices next yeah. time. <laughs> Derek Miner. the head and the heart, the song is called Take a Walk. Well, Derek Miner is a hip-hop artist, a producer, and has released music with the influential hip-hop collectives RMG and the 116 Click. He's known for thoughtful lyrics about spirituality and innovative beat-making, and he's just released a new EP called 1014, and his new album, Reflection, which drops on October 14th, is available now for pre-order. So if you pre-order the album, you actually get to download the EP. Or if you just want to check out the EP, it's streaming right now on Spotify. Uh, it's very cool. It's, it's uh, you know, some of my favorite music that he's released so far just listen to it more this morning well recently our editorial director aaron Hanberry recently got to sit down with derek to talk about the album the themes of some of his lyrics and why it's so important for christian to engage in some of the major social issues that are gripping the country right now here is derek minor
7: the history's deleted, like I'm looking at things I ain't supposed to. The old me is gone, I'm buried in next to the beast that I murdered. You want the same thing? Yes, I would urge it. I don't concur with ideas opposite of my purpose. Nah, 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 and you. you shouldn't either. Uh-uh. Time to be you now. Time to be you. They said we were feeling now they're eating the words like it's up. Last year when we
6: talked to you, um, you had just released I Empire. Right. Me, right. Now you I'll got a new EP out. Right. So, what? That's what don't going talk about that for just a minute. For the 1014, what wish. is that? Man, so... Uh, so I, t- I saw it and thought, and I'm looking in Apple Music, through mm-hmm. your through music, and I saw the 1014, and I moved on past it, because I was like, in my head, I filled in like 2014. I was like, no, I'm looking for a 2016 release. Right, <laughs> right, <laughs> so right,
7: right. Nah, so uh, I have an album coming out on October 14th mm-hmm. called Reflection. So I think in today's economy as far as music, music is has become less the product and more the marketing tool. Hmm. So I had, I had a great idea. I was like, what if I have all these records? I, I probably record 50 to 100 records a year. Really? Like produce, record, that many records. So I'm just constantly working. I was like, man, what would it look like if we took a project and used that to promote the album? You know? So I really want to drop this record. I, I recorded it. I produced it, recorded it did the whole thing in two mm. weeks mm. and just was like, yo, I want... The album is going to be pretty... Huh. It's going to be bizarre, like, in a okay. sense of... There's a lot of twists and turns and it's a like, lot of Sonic like Sonically, of like exper- sonically yeah. I'm with the doing sound? so much... Exp- like, people that loved Minerville for me because of the experimentation, This is, it's like Minerville on steroids. Hmm. Like, it's just so much experimentation because I really just... I said, man, you know, this is my sixth album. Like, yeah. I don't have anything to prove anymore. I'm just going to be me and make great music. So mm-hmm. we took the EP and we're using that to talk about uh, the album. So uh, Daraj, uh, who's an artist on my label, did the artwork for it. Mm-hmm. And he's like mm-hmm. this crazy, insane, creative. and uh, So it's, it's pretty page. cool, man. I really, I really enjoy making it, especially just... Knowing that I did it in two weeks, it's just really all of me. So it was fun.
6: Is it a departure? You think, or you think from you in terms of your music, or is it is it like an evolution? Like it's something that you've been building to.
7: It's an improvement. Like so, uh, people that follow me for a long time know that I used to go by Pro, Mm -hmm. and the reason I departed from that was for several reasons. One. Try Googling pro. You're going to get, like, pro basket weaving, <laughs> pro, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, pro mustache now, trimmer. Yeah, you know what I mean? NBC owns, like, a
6: whole network of, like, pro football talk, pro basketball. Right, football, like so it's like movie, you're, yeah.
7: you're, you're not going to win there, and it's and it just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, Christian music lives online, especially uh, urban, urban music, it lives online. Sure. So that, but then also at the same time, um, like, I felt restricted because I felt like people knew me for a certain sound. And I was like, "Ah, that's not me. That's a piece of me, but that's, and I think that's, you know, every artist wrestle, they get famous off or or get popular off of a sound. And people are like, do that again. Mm -hmm. And for me, I have such a diverse palette. I was like, no, I'm not going to be the, the turn up guy. I'm not going to be the, the ratchet black dude. Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to be the artist that I am, you know? Mm -hmm. And I have, that aspect to me the ratchet aspect but then i have the creative aspect i have the the uh indie rock aspect i have the pop aspect like I, the, all those things mm-hmm. all those things are i have a piece of those all in me so it's just really with this album like when Minorville was like the first building block of that which was the very grandiose storytelling and and the yeah. music that changed a lot and then empire was the big Storytelling again, as far as but sonically, it sounded like you were in you know, you were in some mm-hmm. you know, 10 BC and there was some pharaoh was riding yeah, through was a like city a, or like whatever. Was it was, yeah. yeah, it was very tribal. So, reflection is really like if you took Curtis Mayfield and you took One Republic and you took Future and Drake hmm. and smashed it all together, like that sound. It would be like it's it's like all those different elements. It's all the stuff that that I like. Like I like mm-hmm. the I like One Republic. I think Ryan Tedder is the best songwriter right, out right now. Mm-hmm. Like personally, really, yeah, personally. Curtis Mayfield is one of the best songwriters ever. Mm-hmm. And then I just love the melodic aspects of some of the turn up stuff of today. So it's uh-huh. really kind of taking that and putting that together and making that work. Tell me this.
6: So you're you're a Christian, and your your songs at least here to four. Have um, Like content centric right? Absolutely You're talking about important stuff Sure And part of Part of The act of doing that Is connecting with an audience Yes Even And this is why I mean you know this better than anybody But this is why like uh, And I don't know that this is true anymore It's probably evolving mm-hmm. But a couple of years ago I think probably Christian hip hop artists And I know what we all think about that term But for mm-hmm. lack of a better term, sure. probably had a bigger white following yeah. than hip-hop in general would. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And so you've got these guys who were connecting with a message more th- more so than with a, with a music identity. Mm-hmm. Um, all that to say, when you approach something new and you're wanting to create and uh, innovate, innovate and all that stuff, in what sense are you thinking about the message of your music? Do you, do you feel that that pulls you back from being creative? Because you want to make sure that people are still getting like a real clear, I don't know what you call it, a real clear reflection from you? Yeah. Or is it this something that's like you talking to you and you talking to God or however you would say that and other people yeah. can look in on it? Like what's, what's your headspace there?
7: You know, that's a great question. Um, that's a great question. I think that's the, I mean, that's probably the age old question with Christian music in general, right? Mm-hmm. It's. I know tons of artists That aren't like rappers They're just like You know They're like In the Christian music industry And they, and they have all these Amazing Brilliant ideas of things But then It's almost like There's this restriction Of ah, I gotta sell albums I gotta I gotta feed my family Yeah for sure Yeah Just <laughs> for <in> real life <laughs> For Right <laughs> Which is you know Which, which is really Kind of discouraging yeah. When you think about that You're like Man like Making great music That is challenging Should not Prohibit a person And I have all Kind of ideas On the psychology Behind that We go into that Super Mm. hard But at the end of the day I think a lot of that Is You know That's discouraging For me I've never built A base off of that Mm. My base was never Built off of People have never Come to me Because they wanted me To break down Psalms 23 In rap form They've always come to me Because they're (laughs) Like the people That follow me Are like the guys That come to my show They got tattoos And you know, and it, and it may be, you know, it may be mostly white kids, you know, and I got, like, I got, you know, the Suburban following, but I also got dudes that come to my, my show that's like, man, my dad was hooked to crack, mm-hmm. and I remember listening to your album. And and it really gave me a different perspective on mm-hmm. how to renew my relationship with my dad, you know, or it's mm-hmm. like, man, I was doing I, I got a, a girl that follows me on Twitter right now and she's like, yo, I'm in rehab right now, your music helps get me through. Mm-hmm. And now I go back to the rehabs and I take these old these CDs that you have mm-hmm. and I give them that and I tell them to think on these things, you know. Yeah. So that's always been my base, which that's not the sexy base. Mm-hmm. That's not the that's not gonna get you booked. Really fast At certain events I hear you But it's been It's something for me I have to go to sleep at night And I have to say I don't want to leave here and being like Man I played in front of All of these big crowds Mm -hmm. But I didn't really Give people all of me I didn't give people What God asked me to give You never said anything Yeah Yeah, man man, That would And not to say that That type of music Or that type of content Doesn't have a place It's Just for me That's not how I grew up That's not Like So if I were to do it you know, if I were to do that, and that was to be the totality of what I do, what I do, then it would be it would be fake. It would be me reaching and trying. Now, but I I love a good worship song. I love you know if you and if you go through my catalog, you're gonna see songs from. I got a song on Redemption called God. I got songs on. I got a song on this album called Uh Things Fall Apart, which is a is a song that's that's very vertical. Mm-hmm. But I've never cut my teeth on vertical music. It's always been a horizontal people music you know so i've
6: asked this question a couple times
7: different is is racial tension
6: high in america right now or is it just more public and so we kind of know that it's higher
7: it, it feels higher i guess it's higher for white people mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yes. what it is it's, mm-hmm. for us that's the funny mm-hmm. thing like you know you rewind not too long ago with the, uh i did a uh, interview with boost uh Boost in uh, St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was right during the Alton Sterling, Flando Castile, oh, the okay, Dallas yeah, yeah. thing. You know, they, you know, they wanted to get my take on it. And, you know, I saw uh, Deanna, uh, I saw uh, the lady at uh, Momentum, and she was like, no one else is talking about it mm-hmm. anymore. And in my mind, I'm like, yeah, no one isn't. But for us, America's still the same now there's been some dope progress now yeah Uh, I've seen that people are open to having a conversation Mm -hmm. but it's just new to white people man I mean the idea of that's people wonder why black people are so angry like Mm -hmm. angry at the police or they don't trust the police Mm -hmm. it's because for years upon years upon years we've been we felt discriminated against and I mean these cases that are happening this isn't new it's just new to Everyone else, and yeah. now it's documented it's, before social
6: media is uh, making it's, it
7: more of a look like
6: a ubiquitous experience. The
7: thing is, this is just what's made it to the news. Mm-hmm. You know, excuse me. No, please. It's it's one of them things where black people have been saying, "We're being killed. We're being killed. We're being killed." We're being killed stop killing us stop hurting us and from the outside we've seen our white brothers and sisters say look at those thugs Mm -hmm. they're warring against the police and it's like well some people are just thugs and gangsters yeah but some people are just like some people are just like it's so tense Mm -hmm. you know where you got cops that that are crooked And the thing is A lot of cops are great But there are crooked cops The issue is not the fact That there's good and bad people It's Mm -hmm. what happens to the bad people When they're caught Mm
4: -hmm.
7: And before 2012 Technology wouldn't allow Us to be caught Mm -hmm. Wouldn't allow stuff to be caught So you know In the hood Someone would say Ah man you know The cop shot so and so He had his hands up and then the police reporter come out and say, "Well, the facts are this." Yeah. And who are you gonna trust? Mm-hmm. Are you gonna trust the police, or are you gonna trust a, a poor black dude? Versus mm-hmm. the, the police, it's never gonna. Man. You're never gonna trust the poor black dude because they're just protecting their own, is what people would think. You know. But now what's happening is we're getting it on camera, and guess what? People still aren't getting convicted. Mm-hmm. They're still like wait for the fact that's why when i wrote this on free i was like they say wait for the facts like i can't believe my eyes where,
6: where, where does this where does the discussion and, and i guess i have in mind particularly the, the police issue yeah what What do we do what, like what a christian where, where is that as a christian discussion is this something that and this is i mean you know i won't hold you to any of this necessarily but like with some buddies and i were even talking is this an issue that like pastors need to talk about with police officers in the congregations like hey let's have some conversations or is this something that's it's not necessarily police police just happens to be the ones who are armed yeah. or and so you know it's just all people in the congregation uh yeah. or what can we do you know that's it's a, that's it's a, a tough great, question to try and think question. through. Like,
7: so i think one of the first step is is To have realistic expectations in the sense of Racism was here before we were born It's going to be here when we leave Mm -hmm. I mean It's the same as murder Mm -hmm. It's the same same as anything else Mm -hmm. Um, So it's really Finding Concrete things That we want to uh, You know that we want to see happen So cool thing is You know the federal government said Government said they're going to stop using private prisons Yeah yeah, I mean? that's huge. That's that's tangible. You see what I mean? Because that, if you look at that, that's pretty much slavery. Private prisons are, you know. So mm. they've eradicated slavery in that sense in the federal government. Now let's look at the state level. Are there yeah. private prisons at the state level? Yeah. You know what I'm Which, saying? Yeah,
6: I've I've heard that very few prisons will actually close because of the federal thing. Exactly. They'll that's just get they'll just get state. Exactly.
7: exactly so what I'm saying is let's go to the state level and see what's happening there um the drug laws in a sense of for you know an ounce of crack and an ounce of coke the the um you know the difference is 30 years in prison something like that it's like crazy so it's like things like that it's finding tangible things and I don't know what that is I don't know what that is for each church you know what I'm saying uh it could be, you know, churches saying, hey, we're going to plant a church in the middle of this area and we're going to hire black people, black pastors on our staff. And we're not going to make them the, the the black guy pastor. Mm-hmm. Like we're going to literally say, let's plant a church and let's make this guy a lead mm-hmm. pastor. And we're going to give him tons of support to help change his community in Chicago. Mm-hmm. There's tons of options, man. We just tackle it like we tackle everything we do. The church is great at adoption. Church is doing very well at feeding the poor. Church is doing well at trying to end sex slavery. I believe if the church puts its mind to it, we'll begin to see a dent, in, um, a dent in, you know, some of these racial inequality issues. And I feel like if we were to fight for that, we'll see change. But I think some of it is just having one having tangible goals. To be fearless Amongst your congregation You probably If you go to an all white church Or all black church Or if you go to a mixed church You probably have some racists In your church mm-hmm. You have to be okay With if one of those racists Are huge donors Like hey They pay a lot of money To your church You have to be okay With offending them mm-hmm. Because You're not doing them A service by not Offending them yeah. Like the gospel Like for the racist, they need the gospel too to penetrate their heart. I don't want to see racist people killed or murdered. I want to see them rocked by the gospel of Jesus to where they say, man, one day, man, I just, I didn't like anyone that didn't look like me, but today God has rocked my heart and my soul and I love everyone and I don't know everything, but I'm fighting for the cause. I want to see those types of testimonies that can't happen in your churches if you're scared mm-hmm. if you're being a coward if you're holding it back if you're holding it back yeah and you know if if you knew in your church there were people that struggled with you know pornography or tons of different things like that yeah. you would get on there you would rally against it regardless of of what happens and yeah. I think with race don't be a coward Show right after show, show right after show. You've been, been all alone, so I can't wait to get home, yeah. even when I'm not around. Yeah. Anchor, yeah, she hold me down. Yeah. I'll be always out of town, yeah. but you ain't got none to worry about.
2: That was Eric Minor. Right Up next, right must, see
7: must see TV. TV.
2: You're listening to Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness. The song is Fire Escape. And what a banger that is, huh? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, as you guys know. The Fall TV season <laughs> is upon us. And I know Mike you're still catching up on House of Cards, but you're going to want to watch some of these new shows. So yeah, yeah. Out. Mike just finished Different Strokes, now he's on to House of Cards. <laughs> <laughs> so and I'm, I'm Mike, I'm so glad you that I you divulged that bit of information because I feel like uh, uh, you're going to be a really good contestant in this game because you're not going to have a lot of foreknowledge of how uh, of some of these uh, questions I'm going to ask. So the, this game is this game is called See <laughs> TV.
4: <laughs> so
2: (laughs) One thing thing that you may know about the the new fall TV lineup is there's a lot of the old school trope of weird sci-fi twists in shows that don't need them otherwise. Like there's a lot of unnecessary science fiction happening in sitcoms and in dramas. Like there's something about time travel. The Good Place, which is the guy, Michael Schur, his new comedy, uh, uh, starring Kristen Bell, takes place in in like the supernatural realm, in heaven. So it got me thinking about all of the, the shows that I love from the 90s and and past sitcoms that had completely implausible premises that they were passing off as plausible for the sake of sitcom comedy. So, what I want to do for this game what's once again called Must See oh, TV? Must see TV? <laughs> question mark? <laughs> <laughs> Let that sit down. That's
3: a really strong emphasized inflection there at the end. Yeah, it's a, it's <laughs> audio media I just
2: want to make sure they get the question mark there uh so that's like
1: a keychain via
2: slide (laughs) (laughs) uh, what is going to be playing against science mike and here's how it's going to work i'm going to read the title and the premise of a tv show you have to tell me if it's an actual tv show that has existed or one that i just made up myself and if any tv executives are listening you're welcome to take any of the ones that i uh invented here and make them i would love to see them are we clear on the rules this is going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie, Eddie, would you mind being the scorekeeper? No problem, buddy. Okay. Who, Joy or Mike, who who would like to go first? I'm gonna let you guys decide amongst yourselves. Mike, a, you can go first. What an interesting experiment. Okay.
3: I mean, I was gonna say you could go first, so it's games chip. It's Well, games
0: Only Joy chip. got the cherry juice. Mike, yeah. you get to go first. <laughs> There we
2: go. <laughs> this show is called Baby Talk. A baby who, for reasons that are never made clear, can talk like a full grown ag- adult and is voiced by Tony Danza and fathered by Scott Bayo. He goes on some mildly comical adventures with his family. The show is called Baby Talk.
3: Baby I'm going to assume that's real because they would be trying to play off the popularity of Look Who's Talking.
2: You are correct. It was actually a spinoff of "Look Who's Talking," and they—I think—that's the show that they used the baby to for the Quiznos baby later, and maybe that explains why Quiznos is no longer around. I've
3: never heard of it, but I was just making an inference based on popular culture.
1: Yeah, can I just interject something here? I yeah. love these games that Jesse comes up with, but when you actually have me playing against a literal genius, <laughs> this is
0: not
3: fair.
2: Yeah. I feel like the playing feels a little level. He says he didn't watch TV, but though he By knew a TV reference, is wildly
3: there, overstated. In the media, no,
2: no, no. but,
3: but through
1: reasonable deduction in these beakers, I have s- with my Bunsen burner, I figured out that yes, it was yeah. in fact a show.
0: Yeah, Mike's got like Erlenmeyer flasks bubbling next to him and stuff going on, and you're just figuring it out. All right, you, Joy, you are, are you,
1: in a lab coat right now. Joy's right?
0: eating a McDonald's sandwich and trying to get her
2: morning going. Joy, you can get right back in. I feel like I feel like you you'll know. This oh, one yeah. is called Nighttime. <laughs> and it's, a, it's with a K. It's with a K, not an N. Night. Uh, yeah. Night time. Okay. Here's the premise. After a night of partying, two fun loving frat brothers stumble upon a time portal and are transferred back to medieval times. Brock and Dave must use their Phi Beta Alpha, Alpha Party skills to survive as knights and find a way back home. Night time. <laughs>
1: oh my goodness I feel like this so could be something that's real and also something Jesse could come up with
0: this is the genius of the game
1: I know um I'm gonna say is not you are correct
2: I made that up and i actually I've got I've got a full pilot written in case you guys. I
1: know I feel like Brock is someone that you're friends with I just know it
2: okay all right, all right mike this show is called my brother the rock star french savage starred in this short-lived comedy about the younger of three brothers who finds a magical electric guitar enabling him to do incredible solos that help him out of funny scenarios every single week my brother the rock star
3: sounds incredibly plausible but i i, I don't
2: think it existed you're correct. I made that up again. I have a full pay, I have a full pilot written.
1: Hey, and that was tricky with your little short lived. That actually made me oh, feel like See it what I'm doing was. there? Yeah. This yeah, is, yeah not, you're good. This, you're
2: good. This is, this, this, there's no gimmies in this. <laughs> this one's called Me and the Chimp. <laughs> I'm sorry. This one's called. Me and the chimp, a dentist and his family ad- re- adopt a retired NASA chimp named Buttons who constantly gets <laughs> him into trouble with the neighbors because Buttons. of his shenanigans. Me and the chimp. Oh, that his name is Buttons.
1: <laughs> I'm going to say, oh, I feel like that, if that was real, I would have watched it, but uh, I also was sheltered. So I'm going to say it was real. It was real.
2: Oh, I would have missed that. (laughs) All right, right, how about this one, Mike? Chimp of the Class, another (laughs) chimpanzee-based comedy. A family adopts an ex-circus chimp, and for reasons that are never made clear, enroll him in a local high school where he engages in various teen adventures and dramas. The
3: the amount of uncertainty I have here based on the last answer being real (laughs) and the way networks try to (laughs) emulate each other in a desperate attempt for ratings and ad revenue <laughs> combined with the fact that I feel like as a, as a primate enthusiast, if I missed two chimp shows in the eighties, <laughs> I question who I am as a perfect person. Um,
0: I have not been keeping score, but I'm pretty sure this is a pretty important question yeah, for you to get. Important. Right.
2: Yeah, two and two.
3: I'm going to go. That's fake.
2: You are correct.
3: Oh, oh my. that was a literal coin flip.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Joy, my mother, the car, the show is <laughs> called my mother, the car. <sighs> a man discovers that his dead mother has been reincarnated in the form of a used car. They proceed to go on some real wacky adventures. Oh boy.
1: <laughs> I just, in my head, I'm having the whole conversation that science Mike has, you know, where I'm reasoning, yeah. but, um, fake. Mm. It's real. There really oh, wasn't my mother in no. the
3: car. I oh. saw it. You did see it? Yeah. In the actual show? Yeah, I saw the actual show. Wow. That's why I stopped watching television,
2: actually. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what? <laughs> why you only watch one show. I'm going to pick God. up a book. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right, Mike. How about this one? Holmes and Yo-Yo. <laughs> This is Eddie's favorite, Holmes and Yo-Yo. A detective named Holmes is assigned a foul-mouthed robot as a partner who teaches Holmes how to solve crimes while Holmes teaches him how to love. Oh, I want that to be real so
3: bad. (laughs) You're like implanting false memories in me now. Like, I feel like I can remember (laughs) that show, even though I'm pretty sure it doesn't exist. Oh, man, in the 90s, it was such a fascination and obsession with roboticism yeah oh yeah like uh, that uh, that if, uh, nintendo if, if, robot if this is a fake you have done a masterful job integrating <laughs> cultural norms into this false narrative now
0: remember the 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 robot's name is yo-yo and teaches him how to love <laughs> just take in all the information home teaches the home teaches yo-yo how to love but, like uh, a human oh, yeah yeah that's right it's a spock-esque sort yeah, of yeah. arc. i'm going false it is real <laughs> oh. <laughs> there was a show called homes and yo-yo i cannot uh, believe it
1: all right
3: joy how about Wait, this so we're
1: tied again now
3: it yeah, seems right. we're, tied.
2: we're gonna move this to a sudden you can, death you can round. win it
3: now yeah, <laughs> yeah. so, the so
2: the, whoever wins the next whoever gets the 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 next round right win takes off of the game all right joy alien in the outfield a blatant rip-off of the Disney film Angels in the Outfield, the show showed, followed a lovable crash-landed alien who ends up playing left field for the fictional minor league baseball team, the Roswell Rockets. <laughs> alien in the Outfield. Roswell Rockets. False. You're right, I made that up.
3: That <laughs> sounds like so a She's actually too clever for <laughs> 90s TV. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's,
2: it's, it's a little too good. All right, all right. How about this one, Mike Pete and the President, a controversial sitcom about uh, the president and his butler, a lovable na- man named Peter, who happens to be invisible. <laughs> Fake. It's fake for sure. (laughs) 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 All right, sudden death. Here we go, Joy. Teen Angel. After eating an old poison cheeseburger and dying, a teen comes back as his best friend's Guardian Angel to help him through those formative years. Teen Angel. True. That is true. You guys are on fire here. (laughs) All right, Mike. (laughs) Ghostwriter, an invisible ghost, writes weird letters to a group of teens who use them to solve cool mysteries. 100% true. (laughs) It's true. He's the end. end, He's like, that was my favorite show next. All right, all right, Joy. Pepper Jordan, a sassy private eye played by Jennifer Love Hewitt, solves crimes with the help of a magic cell phone, which allows her to call Ghost.
1: Uh, I feel like she did a ghost show later in life but I'm going to say false.
2: It's fake. How are you guys getting all these? This is the last <laughs> I have. Like, if you don't get it, right or wrong, this is win or lose or you're tying for the win or, or for the game. Isn't that the, pretty much
0: every option? It's win or lose or tying? <laughs> <laughs> like, of course, that's been
2: every question. Yeah, I'm trying to heighten the drama here. Oh, I see. Jersey, uh, some uh, friends use a magical football jersey to transform their bodies into actual famous athletes like a weird quantum leap for teams. The jersey. Jake. That is real. You lose, Joy. You win. Oh. <laughs> you lose.
4: You lose. I'm being a genius.
0: <laughs> wow. Congratulations, Joy. And Mike, this Thank is you. embarrassing Thank for you. your whole career.
2: Like, I, I apologize, <laughs> man. I you know I don't, I don't know if the Washington Post needs to know about this.
3: I'm literally watching my podcast analytics dive in real time. <laughs> I don't know if this <laughs> is big tech <laughs> or what. The
2: man, is just.
0: I'm just change it to the to the Bieber podcast
3: featuring. (laughs) They're just going to change my name to Pseudo Science Mike now. It's it's all (laughs) Pseudo Science Mike.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that that was our uh, spellbinding game. (laughs) Must see TV. TV? (laughs) Next up, (laughs) feedback? feedback.
7: Hello, relevant podcast listener. My name is Oliver Crisp.
3: If you're interested in more resources to cultivate a deeply formed spiritual life, visit Fuller Studio. This free website houses podcasts, videos, stories, and other resources on such topics as reconciling race, Muslim-Christian dialogue, and psychology and faith, with such features as an exclusive film of Bono and Eugene Petersen discussing the Psalms, all available for you to use freely for any purpose. Explore now
1: at fuller.edu slash studio. That's fuller.edu slash studio.
2: listen to bishop bridges be your love what a banger that is eddie huh hot hot song
0: Uh, sorry i don't have anything to add i'm very bad at talking about music
2: (laughs) (laughs) well last week we asked you what are stories of something you've done to to uh go viral we talked about uh the (laughs) our Nickelback Challenge, which is still somehow uh, has legs and got a a little uh, shout out on NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me last week. Um, And one of our listeners actually flew a drone through a Starbucks drive-thru, ended up on the local news. So we ask you write us in, tell us what are the things that you've done that have gone viral. Uh, You wrote us at relevantmagazine.com and told us here are a few of our favorites. Um, Christopher wrote in and say, I made a weird dating site. Uh, uh I guess the <laughs> URL tells us all we need to know. There are That's eventually amazing. two metermen in Denmark who need dates. And that was the sole purpose of this website. It went viral in Denmark in April. Several newspapers shows do the story, and he was actually supposed to appear on a national morning TV show, but it got canceled at the last second because Prince died.
0: Oh, bummer. Prince should have consulted him. Bobby said, "A few years ago I tweeted a joke that Target picked up for a YouTube ad campaign." He said uh, Bobby said I can't find the video, but it said something like "Reason number 19 I don't like growing up. Snap crackle and pop refers to the noises my body makes in the in the morning." Didn't good job Bobby the that's a, that's a
1: good yeah. joke. It's a good joke. Scotty Nolan said years ago, I Googled myself once to find out that I had mistakenly been named as a member of the cast of the Eddie Murphy Ben Stiller film Tower Heist, with IMDb even listing me for a short time. My name still pops up on random sites as a member of the cast right after Ben Stiller, <laughs> so I may hold the record for the smallest pay, none, uh, for the third billing on a major Hollywood film.
2: Oh my <laughs> I gosh! I would love to know how that happened. I know. Well, if you want to see more feedback, you can head over to the podcast episode page. You can hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast uh, and read some more. Now it's time for this week's
5: editorial question of the week.
2: Hey. So earlier in the episode, we were talking about uh, uh, something that kind of got, got me thinking about being in the service uh, when the pastor flips on his wireless mic, his wearable tech. Oh, yeah. And starts singing. Maybe he doesn't know. We want you to tell us the, the weirdest and funniest hot mic incidents oh. you've ever heard at church, yeah. on TV, or in a production. Oh. Do you guys have any hot mic incidents that you could talk about right now? I uh, had a sound guy one time
0: recording me on a mic on a conversation. So it wasn't going live, but recorded me. And I got a call of me talking to me because he had recorded and edited together like the call that I was on. And so I was like, hello. And then <laughs> I just said on the other. Hello. What's up? <laughs> hey, what's going on? And I was like in this weird. Do, do you understand what happened? Yeah. Like I. So that was my most hot mic. I've know. had.
2: I've heard the the pastor in the bathroom on more than one occasion. No. Really. Yes. They leave the mic on and go to the bathroom and it's still on. I mean, is no. it the same pastor at your church that keeps doing the same <laughs> thing over? And no, and over. It's not my current pastor. Oh, I've been at two word? different churches where that has happened, That's or nice. I've wow. heard him out in the hallway over the loudspeaker having a conversation because his mic is on.
1: Thankfully, that has not happened to me personally because my father, as a professional speaker, he has instilled a paranoia in me to always have the mic off, to not even—he's like, don't even trust the mute button; just have it off. Um, not that like he's going to say something terrible off-screen. But I think he's encountered enough things like that that he just he'll even sometimes just unplug the cord from the, the mic pack because it's it happens.
3: Yeah. Never trust the sound guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm always obedient to the sound guy because uh, I used to do sound. So I try to be like their dream yeah. person <laughs> yeah. to work with. Same. And so I was at one um, appearance and I was muted in the house but live in people's in ears oh. and had one of those really long urinal moments complete with like the comical false endings and so when i came back in the band started cheering before the service <laughs> oh, because they heard the whole thing in their in-ears. That's hilarious. Just awful.
0: Oh, that is awful.
2: So, uh, so yeah, if you have hot mic incidents and if you have any funny uh, videos of hot mic incidents, maybe we'll play a few clips on the show if you send us uh, <laughs> YouTube links. I love We want to see them. So uh, head on over to the episode page, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, you know where to find us and we'll read them. Well, guys, this was a really fun episode. Uh, uh, I'm sure I, I, next week I'll be relinquishing my, my hosting duties and going back to co but thank you guys for bearing with me. Also, uh, I want to thank Derek Miner for coming on the show today. You can follow him on Twitter at TheDerekMiner. And his new album, Reflection, drops in October. You can actually pre-order it now. And you can, if you pre-order it now, you get an EP that he just released uh, for free. And that's also streaming on Spotify. So so be sure to check him out. I uh, also want to thank our sponsor, Blue Apron. Remember, you can get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash relevant. So thank you. And also thank you to Fuller uh, Seminary for uh, also uh, uh, sponsoring the show today. Love Fuller. Yeah, I want to ask, I want to tell users one more thing. Be sure to go to iTunes and drop us a review. It really helps uh, more people discover the show. Uh, You know, be honest with your reviews and how much you love me. And uh, if you want (laughs) to use (laughs) my
0: name. Unless you don't like the show, in which case, please be less honest.
4: Just give the most honest
3: five star review you're capable of.
2: (laughs) 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 It can be about, about, uh, you know, my my hilarious jokes it can be about my looks my ravishing <laughs> eyes one of which was damaged in a laser microscope accident but it's I'm still going to
3: iTunes like, right now right
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> so drop us
2: a review uh, and follow us on Twitter at relevant podcast you can follow the magazine at uh, relevant and also check us out on Facebook Facebook.com/ slash relevant so uh, thanks very much for being on the show uh, Cameron will be back so for Cameron I'm Jesse Carey I'm Eddie Koffeltz I'm Chandler String I'm Science Mike I'm Joy Eggert-Reed. All right, guys. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Relevant
0: Podcast. Connect with us on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast, and get bonus material from this episode and more at the podcast section on relevantmagazine.com. And don't forget to check the magazine out. It's available on newsstands and at the iTunes App Store, or you can subscribe online at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe.
2: Hey, I'll say this. One time I put a laser into a microscope and it was sweet. All I saw was red for two days.